Welcome back to the back porch. We got co-host G. What's up, everybody? And your other co-host, Cruz Chavez. Mm. What's going on with you? A whole lot. A <laughs> whole lot, man. Uh, so I started... So this was my first week. We are re- recording on a Friday. It's been a very, very crazy week, but um, my first week of college at Oral Roberts, and I feel like my brain is fried. <laughs> Feels like a little peanut right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's so shriveled up, uh, <laughs> and I have to do more. I have to, I have to do more this weekend a lot. This is what, reading. week one? Yeah, week one. Oh, Amen. my gosh. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm loving it at ORU, just being able to learn more deeply about God's word and, and everything. Like I'm, lear- I'm in a biblical Greek, um, ancient Greek one, uh, just learning words, how to pronounce words, just how to learn how to uh, put the alphabet in order and learn how to say the alphabet. Alphabet. Now I'm going on to pronouncing some words like angeles, which is angels. That's one of them that I've got down now. Um, and I maybe even still butchered that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and I'm also taking an Old Testament survey, which I'm excited about. We're getting into Genesis, um, Genesis now, and it's going to be awesome. It's just, it's different. Like literally my first class there, uh, they opened up with a devotion and prayer. I was like, oh, I've never had a a college class open up like this. So I just got excited immediately. The chapels have been great. Uh, It's like literally False Creek. Every Wednesday and Friday, like the the band is amazing, uh, the speakers are good, um, and they're doing a revival. Have you heard of the the worship group Upper Room? They performed with Maverick City. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. they're gonna be at uh, the revival. So ORU is having a, a fall revival, and they're gonna be the band that's gonna be there. So I'm like, mm, did we pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you paid for everything. Yeah, I literally... As expensive as I'm sure that place is, <laughs> you paid for anything that you see. Yeah, I literally... I Today, I had to get... Uh, and if you guys could just be praying for me, I'm going through a hard time. I just learned I have to run a mile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so you know, ORU, they're, they're huge on uh, like physical well-being and such like that. And of course, I, I understand that and I could see that because I enjoy working out. I enjoy picking up things and putting them down, but, you know, getting my feet moving and yeah. uh, getting the body moving. Getting I'm your like, feet moving one after another at a fast pace. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done that. <laughs> but uh, I had to buy, or I bought, it was included in my tuition, I had to get a Fitbit. And what they do is that they're going to be, uh, like, tracking my steps, and I have to get a certain amount. I believe it's 10000 a day that I have to get. Um, and... It's different, very different. Like literally, I have one class, so it's called uh, uh, like personal something. Uh, It's about like half of it is about like getting to know the university, um, how to study better, do this and that better. Then the other half is like your workout. Like I have to run a lap, like run five laps and then walk five laps, and I'm like. That, this is the most nervous I've been for a class. Jeez Louise. But they did say that there's weightlifting. And I'm like, I'm game for that. Yeah. But they said light. Can we go ahead and skip to that yeah, part? Yeah, can we skip to that part? I'm like, man, can you just look at me? Do I have to run? <laughs> <laughs> They'll most likely tell me, yeah. <laughs> so we had, <laughs> we had to take this survey thing. And uh, it like ranks you from like how healthy you are and like your BMI and stuff. I got healthy. 
Um, but I was right on the borderline of being average. I'm like, I'm almost average. Holy cow. I think it's because my BMI, they're just being, you know, being picky about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm so blessed to be attending there. Um, I feel like I've already learned so much and it's only been a week. Uh, I'm in a hermeneutics class of just learning. Uh, and the teacher is great. Like he, like literally, I feel like I'm getting a sermon every time I'm in that class. Um, he's, it, it's very engaging and it's relevant. It's not just, it's not like he's just reading from a textbook of what we have to do. It's like, um, and one thing that's really stuck out with me is like, you guys are going to be interpreters of the word. Um, uh, you guys are going to be ministers and, uh, you won't, anybody could be a good, uh, can be good at hermeneutics. Like all you have to do is just be able to read, but in order to be able to interpret, you have to allow Jesus to transform you. And I'm like, Oh this is some good stuff that yeah. this guy's talking about. Yeah. So I'm excited. That's how my week has been. Just a lot of that. I'm there five days a week. Um, you know, getting up at like eight o'clock, uh, no class starts at eight. I have to get up at like six thirty or something like that. Um, but you know, it's great. It's very, it's a, it's you'll a blessing. You'll get through it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. It'll be, you'll be really happy when everything's said and done mm-hmm. and uh, you'll look back and, Realize, man, that was the easy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was the easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, very, I'm very, very excited. And just it, once again, I'm very excited about all this. Just to, just to dive deeper um, into God's word. And like I bought, you know, I was blessed. TJ bought me my books, um, which is like six books. And they're like huge. They're thick books. Um, so that's a blessing that the porch has already given me. Uh so that I'm just excited. Yeah. I'll say it again. I'm I'm very very excited. Um, so yeah, that's what's awesome been going journey. on with me. What about you, Cruz? Your week? Not much, man. Anything new? No, no, not much. There's uh, just a lot of there's just just getting ready for more ministry stuff. We're getting yep. we're jumping into our new series. Bam. Uh, so just super excited for starting our new series at the porch. Yeah. Um, trying to get. Get that, get James, the book of James wrapped up. Um, we've been in that for a couple months now, and yeah. um, I think the students are just, they're ready for something new. Yeah. I'm ready for something new. Yeah. And so just ready to get, get that rolling. Um, but back to Scripture. Back to Scripture. So we are, again, uh, I know we keep rambling on. Uh, but it's just there's just a lot of updates. We like to keep you guys updated, yes. so we enjoy that. Um, sorry if we if some of this stuff doesn't apply to you. If you don't like it, if you don't like it, then just go. No, no, no. <laughs> stay and listen. Um, so we are still in Revelation chapter five. Um, we are, as we're gonna find out, there's a lot of detail. Yes. And so I encourage you if if you're just driving and listening, I encourage you to go back and read chapter 5 or even to really get it into your head close your eyes <laughs> no don't close your eyes while you're driving yeah please don't close your eyes while you're driving <laughs> disclaimer don't do it don't do it but um getting into the word and reading it for yourself going back and seeing what we're talking about it makes a it's just so much different yeah it's so much better if you can go back and get into the word yourself whether it's um while you're on your lunch break or you have a few minutes before you leave for work Going back to read this next chapter is going to be a game changer. Yeah. Because we're about to read this whole whole chapter for you guys 
and then break it down verse by verse. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of definitions. There's going to be a lot of symbolism here. Um, and, and so that's why I say it's going to be a lot to take in. Yes. <laughs> so once you go back and read it for yourself, you're going to remember everything that we've talked about. Yeah. And Almost then, everything. Then here on forward, this is like John, that he's seeing like this is what heaven looks like, you know, right before the tribulation, right before everything's about to go down. And yeah. after this chapter... Things are heating up. Uh, yes. TJ told us that it's all judgment. Um, we're going to see what that looks like, what happens to um, everybody that is still on earth uh, and everything. So just hey, hold on to your seatbelts, folks. Yeah. We have a lot going on. There's going to be some crazy stuff. Yes. All right. You want to go ahead and start us off? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read. Uh, this is Revelation 5, starting verse 1. And it says, Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open up the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and, he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and and golden bowls full of incense, uh, uh, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, "Worthy are you uh, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, for e- for every tribe and language and people and nation." And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads and myriads and and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Yeah. So Mm. that just happened. That just happened. Boom, baby. Right. So um, now let's go ahead and just break it down piece by piece, because I know that's a lot to chew on. Yes. Um, first, again, James or John is in heaven. Mm-hmm. He was on the island of Patmos. Um, he has been there for quite some time, and he's probably in his 80s or 90s. It's pretty old. It's pretty old. And he hears this voice, and, and God, God tells him to literally come up here and see all these things that must take place. Can you imagine being that person who's chosen to go up there? Dude, how lucky yes. they'd have to be. So last week we talked about some of the descriptions of what he saw while when he first got there, what heaven actually was. And so again, he's trying to write down everything that he sees. 
next this this next chapter is all about the throne and and well we talked about that too is how it's about the throne last week yeah um but this week it's a little bit more in depth um this is a lot about worship and praise and uh let's just go ahead and start breaking it down okay it says then i saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it and be and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it and so let's just stop there. Yeah. Because again, we're talking about this scroll. We're talking about the importance of someone coming to open this scroll. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that what the scroll means, mm-hmm. um, what's to come when scrolls are opened. Um, and so John, he's looking and he's seeing this moment where this angel is calling out, you know, whoever is worthy. Come open these scrolls, and it says that no one was worthy. Yep. Talked about no one under the heavens, under the earth, or in the sea. No one was worthy. And the only thing, I'll just go ahead and jump to it. The only person that is worthy is Christ. Yes. And so for a moment, I can just imagine um, if, if there had never been Jesus, if yep. there had never been... Christ, mm-hmm. how tragic would everything be? Everything would be meaningless. We talked a little bit about how how pointless things would be. Yeah, um, we I even read or was going through this podcast um, one day, and he was talking about how to live your life without God is to live a life completely in vain. Yeah, um, God never denies us success. He never denies us um, to be popular or to have a great time here on earth without Him, but it's going to be a life that's completely lived in vain, meaning it's purposeless, it's, it's, it's meaningless. Yeah. And so John is looking at this, and no one is worthy. And so he's just breaking down into tears. And so um, that's what is going on right now. Do you yeah. have anything to add to that? Yeah, exactly. Um so what what's crazy to me is like it's kind of a question, and I saw a mighty uh, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals?" And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth uh, was able to was able to open the scroll or to look into it. Do you think it's saying every like everybody on earth will be hearing this? Because it's saying like. nobody on earth. Um, it, whenever asked who is worthy, so do you think people amongst the earth will hear who is worthy to open up this scroll? Very possible. Yeah, because it says very possible. And no one in heaven or on earth or under uh, under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into I it. I think there's a there's some defining things in scripture where you have to literally you can't think in a physical sense. Yeah, I've heard so many people say if if. If it's literal, then read it in a literal sense. But if it's spiritual, read it in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. And you have to just be equipped enough 
to know the difference and when to read yeah. what is physical, what is spiritual. I think in my opinion, that's a spiritual sense because you look at John and he was caught up into heaven, right? Yeah. He was brought up into heaven. His spirit was with God. I don't know if his flesh was still on the earth at that time, and maybe it was just his spirit that caught up into heaven. But either way, he's in he's in the spirit right now, yeah. and he's before God. Yeah. And so I think it could very, very much be in a spiritual sense. And just like there are things going on in our lives that we don't see, like the spiritual warfare, spiritual things, uh, spiritual battle that we talk about, that people talk about, all that is going on behind the scenes that we can't see, and God is constantly working for us. Yeah. And He's working with us, and it's all to get to this point right here. Mm-hmm. Now, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. So I don't think people are going to be able to like physically hear it, but it's very possible they could. Yeah. I don't know. I'm on. I'm on. It's a lot of thought uh, to me. So I won't stand on one side and stand on this. But one thing that's really uh, intrigued me is like this: Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one, no one was able to. And one thing that TJ brought up is like, you know, Abraham was up there, Ezekiel, Isaiah, um, all these major prophets, and all these, uh, you know, these big names within the Bible were there, and nobody was able to do it. Um, and uh, we're going to read on. We're going to see who does do it, but those people weren't able to do it. Like your favorite Bible character or your favorite preacher right now, they're not worthy to open up this scroll. But we're going to walk up upon who is able to open up this scroll. Um, I'll continue in verse 4. And I began to weep loudly because, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Who's that? (laughs) Right, right. Who's that? Who is this guy? Right? No, it's like a traumatic scene, literally. Um, It's like that. I'm going to make a very strange comparison, and people who are listening right now probably don't even care. Right? They probably don't even know who I'm talking about. But it, there's a scene on Marvel, mm-hmm. right, when um, I think they are in Wakanda, and uh. Uh, there's a moment where they're about to be overthrown, and it's like, I, think, I think it's all the Avengers are there, and uh, all of a sudden, Thor comes, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my dude, God. right, like he's here to save the day. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you see, um, I think it was Captain America, who, who literally picks up Thor's hammer, and it's like, I knew it. I knew it, right? Yeah. There's a moment. It's like a, a victory scene yeah. where you thought everything was doom and gloom, and, and you thought everything was, was just going to come to nothing. Everything was done for. Right. And then all of a sudden, it changed. Yeah. And I think this is that climax right here. Yes. Uh, going back to, and, and one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has, has, has conquered. And so we pick that apart. Who is the line of the tribe of Judah? What is, what is the lion? You know, that represents strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is Judah? That is, that is Jerusalem. The root of David, it goes back all the way back to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. um, how there was prophecy that there was going to be um, this just the son of God, this heir, this, there's going to be the Christ to come. And 
there was prophecy mm-hmm. talked about uh, someone coming from the root of David. Yes. And so we talked a little bit about this before we started the podcast. Talked about how um, in in the Old Testament, Israel, they had these judges. But as the judges were, you know, they would come and help Israel out of, you know, um, suffering and slavery from these other people in the nation or in that area, um, they eventually called up, called upon God and said, give us a king. Yep. And God, God's response was, I'm your king. You don't need a ruler like these other nations do. Mm-hmm. And that alone says a lot because as humans, um, including me, we look at what everyone else has and we want those exact same things. We don't realize how bad they are for us. We just want them because we see someone else has them. And so God was saying that. You don't need a king just because these other nations do. You have me. And because of Israel's disobedience, God gave them King Saul. Yeah. And that was out of punishment. Yeah. And so eventually he sets up the throne for King David. And so David, um, who is... Again, it talks about this in Scripture, how there was going to be the one to come from the tribe of Judah, from the root of David, and this is where we get that. Um, and then it says, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Mm-hmm. When Christ came, he came to fulfill the law like he stated in the New Testament. Not only did he come to fulfill the law to set the record straight and to make sure that the church was heading in the direction that it needed to, but he also came to offer forgiveness, mm-hmm. grace, and mercy. Yeah, those were things that I think Satan didn't even like. He didn't think about. Those were things that he was thinking. Probably, there's always going to be sin. There's always going to be um, something that he can hold over us. And of course, God, He sees everything. He knows everything, and He talks about. We're going to talk about that here in a bit. Um, how He's. Everywhere, he's all-knowing and all-powerful. And that is what had to come. That's what had to happen. Christ had to come, die on the cross, and rise three days later. And that is how he conquered. And then we're going to reveal here here in a second um, what all that entails for him, him gaining authority. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whenever it's, it says, weep no more, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah and the root of David has conquered. Can we focus on this word conquered a little bit? Like, I know a lot of times we, uh, as we go through life and we feel like, you know, I, I'm just stuck in sin. Like my sin cannot be forgiven. Uh, I've, I've done this and I've done that. Uh, right here, we're able to see uh, the lamb, uh, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll, and uh, open the scroll and its seven seals. Jesus has conquered the grave. He's conquered sin, and we have to remember that. I feel like sometimes we forget that, and whenever we we are stuck in sin, uh, that we forget about what Jesus did for us upon that cross and what He did. I'm going to read um, in Hebrews about. Uh, yeah, in Hebrews, 
Hebrews 2, uh, I believe it's starting in verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every, every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because, of, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus came down humbly. Um, you know, this, the flesh, uh, he's God in flesh, came down, came down upon this earth and walked with his creation. And I, I, it's funny, I think about the devil, you know, whenever he was uh, trying to tempt Jesus in the wilderness um, or, uh, yeah, in the, in the, I'm trying to, I forgot the word of it, but he's t- trying to tempt him there. And that was like the devil's last shot at really trying to break up the Holy Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, trying to tell Jesus, if you, if you do this, then I'll give you the entire earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus didn't do it. He responded with scripture and with, uh, with a God-like mind. Um, and the, I think the devil was like, there's nothing else I can do until he right. got, until he got with, um, uh, what was his name? It was, it was Judas who turned him in. That's mm-hmm. his name, right? Yeah. It was Judas who turned him in. He literally says that the devil came into Judas. But like that was his last shot to try to break up God's plan. Mm-hmm. And he totally failed because our, our, our Lord and our Savior had one thing in mind. Um, and, he, and that thing was to conquer sin. Like you were saying, uh, he, he didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill it. And that's exactly what he came to do. He, he fulfilled the law, um, leaving the Holy Spirit and uh, allowing um, and leaving a new covenant underneath this. It's, it, we don't live underneath the Old Testament. We, we still follow it in, in some sense, but we, we, we are under a new covenant, which is within Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And he, he, we have to remember that he conquered this. And we're reading the ending. Like you, like TJ said, uh, sixty-five books have been proven; sixty-six have not yet. Right. Sixty-six have not yet, but we're able to see, and we're already able to hear that our Lord has conquered, and right. He has the seal within His hands. He can open up this scroll with the seven seals, and He's going to. Absolutely. So I just feel, I feel like there's there's power within that, and just remembering in things like that. Absolutely. So on verse six, this is what it says: "In between the throne." Um, and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, uh, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Um, I'm just going to stop right there because there's some things that I want to talk about. <laughs> a lot of symbolism uh, with yeah, that. Yeah, a lot thing. of symbolism here. So I was reading, um, going through and reading some of, uh, it's just Revelation, or Be Victorious. Um, it's a Revelation commentary, basically. And it talks a little bit about uh, this specific seven. Because we talked about what seven means. It, it's to it's perfection. It's divine completion. Um, we know what that is. And so he talks about, in his book, uh, that that here you see the perfect power, which is the seven horns, perfect wisdom, which is the seven eyes, and the perfect presence, which is the seven spirits in all the earth. Um, This is where we get the idea and the truth of that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Mm -hmm. And he's all, and all these attributes, all these are attributes of God. And, And so we just, we look at that 
And I think it's so easy um, for us to overlook the power of that because to know, to be all knowing, Mm -hmm. to know the past, the present, and the future. Amen. I mean, that's something that humans cannot even think about. And God is that. Yes. You know, that's who He is. And, and so you think about divine completion. You think about the symbolism here of these horns and these eyes um, and the seven spirits of God. None of it makes sense to us, right? We think in a physical sense. Yeah. Man, that's a weird picture. I think TJ was talking about <laughs> that, right? That Jesus looks funny. <laughs> yeah, Jesus looks funny. He's got seven horns, seven <laughs> eyes. He's got these seven spirits, uh, you know, coming from Him. Yeah. Like that, of course, that wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But if you think back, um, if you think back on how everything was was interpreted, um, and you think back to now, there are countries that literally cannot proclaim the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be almost like secretive. They have to be like very quiet about it. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot of symbolism there. That honestly, the ordinary the ordinary person is not going to understand. Yeah. Um, and unless God reveals that to you, and luckily, um, luckily for in my opinion, a lot of believers they have been revealed because we've received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. To have the Holy Spirit is, is to uh, be able to go through life knowing right from wrong, and God's going to show you some things throughout Scripture, and He's going to raise up leaders. Like scripture talks about, like Acts, the book of Acts talks about. Amen. And um, going out making disciples of all nations. I mean, he God is literally gonna raise people up um, to be to to fulfill his will, to fulfill um, everything that that Christ is doing here. Yes. Um, everything that has to do with these seven scrolls. And so um, let's move on. So and then in verse 7 it says, And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. That's, in, that's an important piece of Scripture mm-hmm. because God literally just gave Jesus access to everything. Right? We talked about this deed. The deed is like uh, Jesus' rights. Everything that's written on these scrolls on the front and the back, these are everything that God, that Jesus, uh, or God gave authority to Jesus and says, here you go, son. Amen. This is now yours. Do with it what you will. And he I will do you. with it what he will. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so we're going we're gonna to see here in, later on in yes. Revelation that basically all hell is going to break loose. <laughs> like, it really will. And so it's it's going to be crazy. Yes, okay? it will. It will. And be. it's because God gave Jesus the authority now mm-hmm. over hell and over heaven. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say <laughs> other than that. It's just it's it's a really good thing for Christians. It's a really bad thing for non-believers yeah. and for Satan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we can remember whenever his first, whenever John first came up. Uh, whenever Jesus first came up to John, and it was like describing Jesus with the sword coming out of his mouth, um, it isn't for fun. I mean, he, the Lord will literally separate us into, what is it, goats and sheep? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. He'll separate us into that. And you don't want to be a, a, you don't want to be a goat. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you want to be a sheep. I know a lot of people right. say, oh, he's the goat. I don't want to be a goat. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me a goat. Call me the sheep. Uh, <laughs> and it's... It, the Lord is coming. Christian jokes. Yeah, Chris, sorry guys. <laughs> Christian meme page. Um, 
but yeah, like God hands him over, and like if you're uh, what is it pre uh, pre trip, yeah. you're you're right there. Um, that's what I lean towards. But if you it, like, as the church, we're watching this mm-hmm. and we're we're seeing this, and like I can just imagine, you know how people go crazy whenever something good happens in sports, like ah, right, half court shot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is last exact- second. You know, buzzer. Yeah, buzzer beater. Like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, even though we're reading about this right now, it's going to be a day, and we're going to see the worship that happens um, after this. But just the 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 excitement and the the moment of seeing God handing literally the keys to the universe, Mm -hmm. to everything, to the to absolutely everything, to Jesus, and uh, it's just like. This is what we've been waiting for, people. This is this yeah. is this is what we. This is have. everything that Christ has been waiting for. Yeah, exactly. And he 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 is the only worthy person. And I really liked. Um, I didn't know that with the seven horns and the seven eyes, uh, and everything and the seven spirits. So that that was good. Um, but you want to continue on? Yeah. Um, um, verse eight. It says, and when. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, and each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a song, they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for we for you were slain by your blood, um, and you tran- you ransomed people for God. Uh, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So there's, a, again, a lot to digest there, just, yes. in, just in three, two, yeah, three verses. <laughs> um, so going back to verse 8. So he, he takes this scroll, and as soon as he takes the scroll, like you said, uh, the crowd goes wild. Yeah. We're just, oh my Jesus. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, and so it, you see that as soon as Christ takes a hold of the scroll, again, it's one of those magic moments where you thought everything was doom and gloom. You thought everything was over. Yeah. But then it's not. Yeah. Right. Christ comes in. He's the hero. He takes, takes the scroll from God's hand because only God has authority. Mm-hmm. And so that's who he takes the, takes the scroll from the right hand of. And then uh, you see these angels, you see these creatures, and you see these elders. We talked about the elders last week. Um, so the elders and these creatures are all worshiping him. And so going back to um, how they had each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. A golden harp, um, I can't really think of anything that might be, uh, be symbolism for something other than gold is, is pure. Whenever it's in its purest form, you melt it down, you purify gold, and it's beautiful, yeah. right? Um, so you just have, again, just some per- perfection in heaven. Um, and it's, there's this beautiful noise coming from heaven. And then you have these golden bowls, um, again, golden bowls, perfection, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Let's stop there for a second. Yeah. Because not many people use incense anymore. Um, but I will re- I'll relate this to a candle. I'll relate this to a fire. When you light a candle, you light a fire, you see the smoke that goes up. Well, back then they would light incense 
And that was representation of prayers that would go up into heaven. And that's what the high priest would do. They would set this incense on fire, or they would light it, and they would pray over things. And as the smoke was going up, so was their prayer. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of that even... um, Mm, I can't really say we, I would, I can't really say that the modern church does a lot of, does any of that. I don't see it. Um, but we do like raise our hands yeah. or we'll shout out to God. And a lot of that is, you know, our prayers, our worship, all of that is just rising up to God. And so this is saying in particular that these are the prayers of the saints. So, the saints could be literally anyone who was martyred for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be it could be some of the great leaders throughout history. It could be um, the disciples, such as like Paul, John, um, Mark, Luke, um, like all these people that we can name. Yeah, and it could be them. It could be some of the um, old. Uh, what are they called in the Old Testament? Some of the old prophets. Prophets, yeah. And so it could be some of the old prophets. And so we just have a bunch of people here. Yeah. Um, and then it, it continues on what they worship. They're saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals? Because up until this point, no one was worthy. And that was the first thing that came out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Was It wasn't about us. It wasn't about Satan. It wasn't about anything else that happened. It wasn't anything that um, Joel Olstein said. It wasn't anything that Billy Graham had said. Yep. It was all worthy because you had taken the scroll and, to, and, and opened its seals. Uh, for you were slain, you were crucified, and by your blood you ransomed people uh, for God, uh, for every tribe, from every tribe and every language um, and people and nation. Meaning he died for everyone. It wasn't mm-hmm. just for the Jews. It wasn't just for um, a certain certain religion. This was for all people, mm-hmm. and, and so he just opens, basically, just opens the floodgates and says, "I died for everyone." Yes. What that's do you have to e- say? That's about exactly that? it. And that it's once again, I just want to it, it, this focus on this this worship because I feel like these past two chapters have been like worshiping the Lord. Like immediately after he grabbed the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the church that has came up, um, immediately fall fell down before Jesus. Um, and we, we were playing a harp. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see me rocking out of that thing up there. Right. Uh, playing a harp and golden bowls full of incense. Um, and we just worship. Jesus, and we sing a new song to him. Uh, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain, by, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. And this is just going back to the cross and what Jesus did for us. He he died. He went through an unbearable death, maybe the worst death at the time of being crucified. When Once again, it wasn't a slow death. It wasn't just, you know, a quick a quick death like that and you're done. This is for hours upon a cross. It's mm-hmm. like having your hands driven in by nails into a wooden tree and your feet put together and then driven in together. Like and they added on to him. They put thorns on top of his head. They mocked Jesus, mm-hmm. our king, and he took it all with grace. 
and he took it all uh, for all of us, for everybody. Then once again, it says, for every tribe and language and people and nation, for everybody. This is what Jesus has done. Um, And it makes me think, uh, whenever Jesus told us about, uh, and we're about to get into the big judgment part of it, when Jesus told us the Great Commission to go out and make disciples amongst all nations, <laughs> sorry, my allergies are killing me, to go make disciples amongst all the nations, uh, teaching them. It makes me think, whenever we see this and we know what's coming up, how important is it to go and share the gospel with people? Right? How important, and it's, it's very, very important, because what what Jesus in heaven is saying, Jesus Louise, is that J- Jesus died for everybody on this earth, and we we can think of a couple people who we're not big fans of, like that person you're not a big fan of. Jesus died for them too. The people who are persecuting the Christians in the Middle East, he died for them too. Mm-hmm. Just like whenever we can think back to um, Jonah and the Ninevites. Like Jonah did not want to go preach to these people because he knew how merciful God was. And he knew how great our God is. And saving these people was more important than Jonah's feelings. Saving people's lives and their souls and their eternity is more important than our feelings. And we have to remember that. Like, it's it, We have to have it. Literally, this is what we're here on earth to do, is to worship worship God and to share the word with people. Like, we're not here, like, you're talking about it uh, with the rich in this past Wednesday. We're not here to make money. We're not here to have all these fancy things. We're here to share the gospel. And I feel like a, a lot of us today, we forgot about that. We, we've kind of put it off to the preachers and to the missionaries and all these people. You have a job, too. Kind of like what Nathan Schenck was saying, Rogers County is a mission field as well. There's many people, even though we live in the Bible Belt, there's many people who are not believers. Mm-hmm. And maybe some lukewarm uh, Christians who believe that they're following God, who, who thinks it's... And we see, like, I, I see throughout Revelation and how these churches were judged about their works. And maybe some of us, we've gotten off, our, off of our works. We think that just by proclaiming that Jesus is our Savior and going on and living a sin-filled life, that that's okay. But we see amongst the churches that were judged... It's not okay. You have to follow, you have to pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus truthfully. Uh, and we see in Matthew 7, whenever Jesus, we, we brought up this verse many a times in this about um, whenever the Lord tells the people, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Even though they're prophesying in, their, in his name and praising Jesus, they're still, their hearts were not for Jesus. There are Sunday Christians. Like, I'll go to church on Sunday, but then Monday through Saturday, I have to have it for myself. Like, there, to me, I. That question that I, that question just gets brought up about what Nathan uh, Shank asked me in the next ten minutes, like what would you want to happen? It's like I I would want Jesus to come back, and we know that he'll come like a thief in the night. We don't we will not know when he will come. Um, and do you want to be seen on Judgment Day of you didn't do much for me, you you didn't you you said that you believed in me, but you were more living for yourself instead of me. Like, is that what you want to hear? Like sitting, kind of sitting on the couch instead of going and sharing the greatest news that's ever came to this earth. Um, 
that's this, so that's what this just reminds me of this this new song that is brought up and then the worship that's bring, coming to it. But you want to continue in verse eleven? Yeah, uh, verse eleven says, "Then I looked and I heard around the throne, the eleven creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels, numbering uh, myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice." Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Uh, again, I mean, again, this is just all praising God. It's praising Jesus for what He's done. Um, I heard this recently, and, and I just love it because there's uh, the way that it was described. Um, it makes me it makes me appreciate some of the old things. Um, one of the things that, that I can learn to appreciate are old hymns. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, because uh, unless you go to a more traditional church, you're going to read hymns. Um, but if you don't, you go to a more uh, contemporary church or a more modern church, like the porch, Yep. Um, you're not going to read hymns. Yeah. But you look at some of those, you look at, if not all of those hymns, they all worship God. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do about humanity. It has nothing to do about our sorrow, our sin. Um, it has everything to do with God. And again, this is just pointing to the cross. It's pointing to Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is Jesus who died for our cross to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might. He is omnipotent. He's mm-hmm. omniscient. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. And everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to Jesus because God handed that over to him. And and it says, um, in honor and glory and blessing. Uh, This is such a weird thing because many, many Christians, um, or I, I guess I can just say me, I could never imagine trying to bless God. I could never imagine trying to bless Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because you think, well, usually blessings come from from Jesus. They yeah. come from God. You you would think they're just a one way street kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's just a lot of uh, misconception about what a blessing actually is. Yeah. Um, but to but to give blessing to Jesus is just to give him recognition. Yes. It's to give him all of us. Um. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a blessing. Um, <laughs> my wife might call call herself a blessing. She said, she told me before, Cruz, you married a blessing. Don't Hallie forget too, it. Hallie too. <laughs> right. Uh, so I wouldn't call myself a blessing, but Christ is saying, like, you give your life over to me. Amen. And that's saying a lot. Yes. Like, and and then you see um, Paul who talks about being a bond servant. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing for Jesus. And so we can see that we too can bless Jesus with our with our lives and with our words. Mm-hmm. It's just to give recognition, to give love back to him because he is worthy. And then chapter 13 says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. I mean, there's not much to say yep. 
um, how about how this chapter ends. I just feel like again, it all points to Christ. It all it's all about worshiping Him because He is the worthy one. Amen. Um. There's yeah. So you asked a question earlier. Do you think that people will be worshiping? Um, like, will they be able to hear the things that that Christ says? Will they be able to hear this loud um, angel proclaiming, you know, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a moment right here that it, it it says that everything in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they're going to be praising God. Yeah. Whether you are a believer or a non-believer, you're going to worship God. Yes. And you're going to come to that realization one day. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you recognize it now and realize right. it now. Amen. I, I have, You covered it all pretty well. It's, it's, it's just, this was four and five, which stuck out to me was just worship. Like worshiping Jesus and, rec- and the recognition that he deserves of uh, what he's done and what he is going to do. Like this is just, this is the opening scenes of uh, Jesus has been handed the scroll um, and he's looking at the seal and he's like, I'm about to pop this thing open. Let me drive the boat. <laughs> yeah. Let me drive the boat. <laughs> he, he's about to start getting into it and he's about to open up this seal and it's going to be uh, very, very different. So just be prepared for that. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I got. Yeah, man. yeah. prepare prepare for next week. There's yeah. just going to be a lot of... Uh, it's going to sound scary. Again, if you haven't gone through Revelation, pick up with us. Um, if you need to start over from the very beginning of our podcast, uh, or at least pick up where we left, where we started with Revelation, um, do that. Share it with someone because Revelation is a scary thing. Yeah. Um, to the person, to the person who doesn't know much about Scripture. Yeah. Um, or to and, the non-believer. Or a non-believer. <laughs> like seriously, um, but to go through with this with a firm believer who knows the Scripture. It's very helpful. Yeah. Um, I believe that next week, TJ is going to help us. Um, he's just going to give us some peace about yeah. what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, none of this, none of none of this wrath is against the believer. Yeah. This wrath is going to fall upon the non-believer, and it's going to fall upon Satan and his demons. Yes. Um, and it's just going to be a very bad day for them. <laughs> so hey, yeah. Let's just yes, pray for those non-believers. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. There, there's an urgency. I'll bring it up again. There's an urgency, and we see that Jesus died for every language and, and every tribe and every person on this earth. Uh, there's an urgency within sharing the gospel. Um, and of course, everybody's not going to be saved, but it, we have to bring it up, or we, ha- or we have to at least try. Yeah. Uh, once again, the like, one of the best things that's been told to me was from Britton Bishop is that whenever we share the gospel, we don't save people. It's Jesus who saves people. Absolutely. It's the sharing it, sharing it, uh, what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus has done for the world and what he's done for you personally. Um, that's powerful. And it, they may not have an interaction with it at all in the beginning, but you at least might have planted a seed Absolutely. Of, of them thinking like, is it's kind of weird. This is like the fifth person to come up to me and talk about Jesus. Yeah. There's something about this guy. So you never know. Um, Jesus is the person who saves. It's not you. But we are the people who are to plant the seed Absolutely. Uh, of Jesus in their lives. So. And it could be very casual, too. Yeah. Uh, there have been so many times where I've had conversations with people, 
and it's all um, scripture based. Yes. And I and I you don't you literally don't even have to mention Jesus's name, but you say things that you know are right because Christ tells you um, to think this way and do things this way. Yeah. And when you share those things with people, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh man, like that that's really intelligent. And then they come back and say, Chris, I've been thinking about what you said. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's when you can give God the glory. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, I didn't te- I didn't learn that. Yeah. You know, God taught me that. Yeah. Um, and then there have been so many times in the past where I have mentioned Christ, uh, Jesus, and um, they come back and say, you know, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. And, and so that's just a good... It, it's just, like I said, you don't have to feel the weight of someone rejecting you because they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. Amen. But so much glory and power and praise can can come from someone who uh, decides, you know, to listen mm-hmm. with an open ear yeah. and be receptive and say, you know what, Cruz is right. God is talking to me. Yes. One, 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 uh, uh, one cool thing just that's been shared with me through this first week of like, whenever you try to like share the gospel or sharing God's word or uh, even just sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, it's more important to tell the person what Jesus has done in your life. Cause if you just come, it, it, I'm not saying scripture is bad, but if you just come and start sharing scripture with them to a person who doesn't even believe that the Bible is infallible and it's true and it's God's word, they're just going to write you off. Right. You know what I mean? If somebody is to come up and tell you, uh, John three sixteen for God so loved the world, they're going to be like, I don't even believe in this book. Why would I start? Why would I even listen to you? But sharing the personal story, what Jesus has done for you, and just ha- bringing it up in conversation, like you said, it doesn't have to be this whole drawn out thing, saying, yeah, this is where I was, but now Jesus has me here. And that's powerful in itself. So um, just a, that's one cool thing that I've heard that, that it just yeah. made me think of. So Absolutely. There it is, I baby. love it. Thank you guys for joining this week. Yes. Um, thank you to all our listeners. If you have any questions, again, feel free to reach out to us. Um, feel free to reach out to uh, TJ or listen to his sermons. Uh, again, he records every Sunday. Well, he preaches every Sunday. And he records, too, and they're usually uploaded by 12. Uh, they try to. SoundCloud, baby. The yeah. porch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the porch and Inola, SoundCloud. Um, if you don't know what SoundCloud is, go look it up. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You'll see a lot of things on there. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for joining. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.